Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Hello, my love. Hi, Johnny. And hi, everybody. So what's going on, love? Well, first thing is I have a cold. I have your cold. (laughs) Yes, you do. My voice is going to sound a little strange. Yeah, and I'm just recovering from the one that I gave you, so... Uh, my voice is also a little bit compromised. Exactly. So um, we're coming to the end of 2022. The year's almost over, and you and I have been thinking about and discussing what direction to take the Christian atheists in the yeah. new year, right? Yes. And you're not entertaining my attention-getting shtick ideas. <laughs> you mean like playing like a baby? and yeah. or, <laughs> or identifying as like an Amish Christian atheist. <laughs> the Amish atheist. <laughs> so you won't buy any of those. So. Welcome to the Amish atheist. <laughs> yeah, the Amish Christian atheist. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be a little redundant. Redundant. <laughs> <laughs> Which no self-respecting Amishman would ever say. <laughs> So we're thinking instead of entwining our Monday talks and these Thursday discussions and our Simple Gifts podcast. To do a more integrated Christian atheist outlook. So can you explain quickly what the Simple Gifts podcast is? (laughs) Yes, it is me reading the classics of the Western tradition without commentary. So... Do you want to explain further what you want to do with the Christian Atheist, or would you like that to just be our teaser? Well, yeah, I'm hoping actually to integrate a lot of the things that we've already read into lessons that the Christian Atheist can pull things out of and make relevant to our contemporary society and teach necessary lessons or important lessons about God. So up till now, the Christian Atheist has done two main things. One was you led the listener through your faith journey. And the other is you went back to what you see as the root of what's wrong with the Western world. Right. Trying to lay out the philosophical case for where we are in today's world. And, and it took a lot of a lot of philosophical buildup. Episodes. So in a word, what is what what is wrong with the Western world? One word. Hegel. Right. <laughs> and when you say what's wrong with the Western world, what do you mean by that? I think fundamentally, we have abandoned balance and transcendence. And I trace both of them as a sociological pathology back to the philosopher Hegel. Okay. All right. So in the Christian Atheist podcast that comes out on Mondays, you did a deep and very heavy series on Hegel. Yes. Um, And we found, unfortunately, that it ended up a not easy listening radio type (laughs) material that you did. Yes. Yes. Many of our listeners, perhaps former listeners, (laughs) (laughs) let me know that this was way over their heads too deep and they couldn't understand it. And therefore, as Jenny told me before we launched into it, you're probably going to bleed listeners all the way through this as long as you keep pursuing it. (laughs) Um, and she was right, which well, she always is. I said that you're limiting your audience. Okay. And you are, of course, correct. But you feel very, very, very strongly about Hegel's effect on our Western culture. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think it's vital that Christians and non-Christians understand why Hegel is so important. Exactly. And how he's managed to, though dead for over 250 years, yeah. uh, so deeply infect our culture. Right. 
So in the last episode of No Compromise, we threw out that idea of revisiting your Hegel series through a discussion and making it digestible. Gluten-free, dairy-free, right? <laughs> yes. Take out all, mm. all the Take out all the stuff. things that make it indigestible for everyone. <laughs> yes. So, John, let's say there was a person like right now sitting in front of you, maybe across from you, okay? And let's say maybe that person doesn't have the intellectual capabilities. Maybe they're a little intellectually challenged. <laughs> and let's say that I do understand, I mean, let's say said person. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Said person <sighs> does get that Hegel is important because this person knows that going back to the root is the first step in changing the bad that has resulted. Yeah, right? properly diagnosing <clears throat> the illness is important for curing it. Right. Yes. So let's say that said person doesn't have the time or the uh, energy, the mental energy, with all the challenges in life um, to give to your Hegel series. How how would you remake that series into easy listening if you had the chance to do it all over again? I would have a conversation with them. <laughs> okay. Well, here's your chance, John. Because it sounds like no compromise. <laughs> so here's your chance. You, okay. You get the chance to do it all over again. So over the next episodes that will last probably, we're thinking till the end of the year, we're going to attempt to do this. And we're going to revisit John's Hegel series in hopes of helping everybody to understand because you feel Hegel is absolutely crucial to understanding our culture and society. And perhaps it's a mark of how weird I am that I can <laughs> never understand why other people aren't as fascinated, deeply, deeply, <laughs> profoundly fascinated by this as I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then we'll move on in that new direction that we mentioned at the beginning once the new year arrives. That other, you know, we'll move on. But right now, till the end of the year, we'll we'll complete this. Now, if you, as a listener, have the intellectual capacity to endure, or I should say, <laughs> enjoy the Hegel series, then maybe you can use these discussions because these might be a little bit easy. So that you might want to use these discussions to humor yourself as John tries to um, turn his intellectual knob down. To common <laughs> intellect settings, right? So, for those I've people, never felt myself all that intelligent, actually. For those people, this might humor them and listen to you trying to do that. But for the rest of us, myself included, um, we really want to understand the Hegel mumbo jumbo that you speak, <laughs> you know? So, I'm going to be the listener's advocate. Yes. And I'm going to use an electric shock collar. Okay? <laughs> yes. And every time your your um, intellect gauge starts climbing, I'll just give you a shock. I'll shock you back to normal okay. level, right? So, the, I guess the listener will hear something like, eek! <laughs> no, you'll, you'll just keep changing your wording to something lower, lower, lower. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay. So before we start with the first episode of this Hegel series, let's quickly talk about the series. So what you'd want to do is go to your favorite podcasting app or YouTube and search The Christian Atheist John Wise. And the series starts with episode 35 and it runs eight episodes long through to episode 42. On YouTube, though, there's okay, two yes. playlists, and one corresponds to the actual podcast that I that I mentioned, and the other is an older playlist that you started before the podcasting. Right, when we were just doing happening. videos. Um, right. You realize, John, that 
on that older playlist, you devoted 19 episodes <laughs> to Hegel. Yes. When I looked that up, I was shocked. <laughs> so all this time I was sitting there wondering, you know, looking at the statistics and wondering why we weren't getting any hits. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know why people aren't listening. But at the same time, you're preparing all this Hegel stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I read every episode to you before we produced it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be focusing on the podcast episodes. So, okay. So episodes 35 through 42 on your favorite podcasting app or on, or even on YouTube on the playlist. If you look through, you can find it in there. Okay. So we're going to start by discussing episode 35 and you titled that Hegel and the Western Implosion, which is sort of an introduction to Hegel, right? Yes. Yeah. So now if we're going to do this all right and help the listener understand, we need to go all the way back, even before you wrote these episodes, to talk about who is this mysterious Hegel that is always lying in the shadows of uh, all of your episodes. Okay. So the mysterious Hegel that John Wise brings into every conversation from the Chronicles of Narnia <laughs> to the maternalization of society. Yes. Okay. So can you tell us his name? Okay, so he has a lot of names. Okay. His name is Georg Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. Totally okay. German. G.W.F. Hegel, he is frequently referred to. And can you give us the dates? Oh, my goodness. No. Like I, I know he died when, in, I think it was, was 1830 this? or 1833. Okay. So we're looking in the 1800s. Right, so it was mm -hmm. late 1700s, early 1800s, and, and had died by about 1830. Okay, and what did he do? He was a professor of philosophy okay. um, and uh, in his own time was extremely popular. His philosophy was called absolute idealism. Who would he be comparable to in our world today? Today's world? Yeah. We don't but, sort of value philosophers the way they used to. What actor? What actor? Kidding, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he would have been an intellectual superstar, yeah. sort of like uh, and then like Jordan Peterson, like Jordan Peterson, perhaps. Kind of yes. Person. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, what did he do? Any writings? Uh, although it pains me to compare him I to know, Jordan I Peterson. I know it does. I know it does. <laughs> um, he he wrote in an enormous amount of material. Okay. Is probably most well known for the phenomenology of spirit but has a great deal of material out there, philosophy of right. Nobody cares about the, the, the writings of Hegel anymore right. because nobody ever reads them, and the few that do read them don't understand them. Okay. So Hegel is largely a forgotten philosopher, which makes it problematic okay. to, to call him the most influential philosopher of our age, but he okay. is. Okay, so um, why the title? Hegel and the implosion. Hegel and the Western implosion. Well, an implosion is the destruction of something without it being assaulted from outside, right? right. right? And so the Western implosion is very much along the lines of some of the books that are coming out in today's world yeah. by things like um, Douglas, Murray. Douglas Murray. The the strange, I think it's the strange death of Europe, and then his most recent, The War on the West. And um, we just finished a book oh, about three months back by a philosopher who was writing right after World War II by the name of James Burnham. And he wrote the book called The Suicide of the West. And all of these people are trying to document how the Western world is slowly but surely destroying itself. And what most of them don't understand, although most of them actually end up talking about Hegel at some level. Yeah. 
is that it really all does trace back to Hegel. And I spent so much time as in, in graduate school studying Hegel that I realized he was the source. Mm -hmm. And James Lindsay today. James Lindsay today is, is probably the only other person that talks about Hegel in the same way that I do. And I think he's got, I've learned a lot from James Lindsay on Hegel. Yeah. Although in certain ways, I think I understand Hegel better than James Lindsay does. But still, his, his work on Hegel is absolutely stellar. Okay, so we're going to begin. Now you have to remember, John, that you want this to be interesting. <laughs> Something that people like driving to work, walking the dog, getting right. ready for bed. Okay. You know, that wherever, whatever they do to listen to podcasts, they'll find it not only understandable, but interesting. Okay. To bolster that claim, uh -huh. to help find it interesting, mm -hmm. my claim is that if you want to understand why we have come where we've come as a society, mm -hmm. all the craziness around us, all this political division, why we are slowly but surely destroying ourselves, the, the greatest civilization that's ever existed in history, why we're coming apart at the seams. Mm -hmm. It's because of Georg Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. Right. And you need to understand why and how it's come about if right. we're going to win. Right, exactly. All right. So you started the series on the heels of another series called What is an Atheist? Episodes 28 through 34. Yes. And by the end of that series, I had developed my own definition for atheism based on Hegelian logic. So I tried to define the nature of atheism in a new way that would allow both atheists and Christians to talk usefully together about the nature of atheism. So I tried to define it in a way that would be acceptable to everyone, which is pretty tough, yeah. and I probably failed at that. But the view is an interesting view, and it led me to a sort of breakthrough understanding of atheism. So you proposed an understanding of atheism so unique that it made Richard Dawkins squirm, right? <laughs> is that what you would say? I don't I'm know. Trying to, I'm trying to get people to listen to the, what is an atheist theory. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but anyway, but you, I, go ahead. No, I, I would love to have made Richard Dawkins squirm. <laughs> that would have been fun. Um, but I, I don't. I don't know that it's it's mind shattering in in any way but it did help me to see that atheism as it's currently being practiced especially the new atheists yeah does not represent a serious challenge to theism at all so in the series you pretty much ended by showing that atheism is not a difficult problem because they embrace theism more than they are willing to admit, admit right yes the problem with atheism is a more sinister, seductive. You said it was seductive. Right. And as we open this series, yeah. that's the point I make. It's the, the very first point I make. Mm -hmm. That atheism, in terms of the new atheists, is just, it's not significantly different yeah. from theism right. to John, present a real challenge. What, what, what are new atheists, anyway? Well, the new atheists were, were like Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, and they try to make the case that there is no God, but they also want to try to maintain the values of the Enlightenment and the Western tradition. Right. And in doing that, they really embrace almost everything that is theism, but they try to just deny one small portion of it that we call this person of God. Right. So but they embrace so much that it's really not a threat to theism. So they're like believers in life and their action. Right. But they deny the 
power thereof. Right. Like like in the Bible, it says yes. denying the power thereof. Yeah. Okay. They deny that there's any sort of supernatural right. thing to it. Yes. Right. In this episode, you say that Western theism is deeply ingrained in the Western worldview. Yes. Yep. No. Yeah. In fact, you can't separate the two. Yeah. And that atheism is a denial of the, a small part of the whole. Right. Those who style themselves atheists. Right. But that there is, then, I came to realize, a far more pernicious atheism mm -hmm. that pretty much never calls itself atheism. Yeah. It isn't yeah. really even concerned itself with the notion of God. Yeah. But it denies the transcendent. And that is the fundamental thing that defines Hegel. Or, okay. And that's why I say this is the source. This is the beginning point. Okay. Um, by the end, hopefully, our listeners will see that by the end of this, at least this episode. Okay. You, you said something about them undermining their own positions, and it, it made you laugh because it was, it was like a child. Yes, that the atheists do. That they undermine their own position, yeah. yeah. Because because so much of what they want to claim that there is no God, and yet they keep holding on to all the attributes of God, and it's almost, I wish all the listeners had listened to the debates between Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson, because it became clear through all of that, that Sam Harris had no idea what he really believed and how much of what he believed was already contained in the Christian tradition, right. the Western tradition, and that he agreed with Jordan Peterson that we shouldn't be throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But separating the baby and the bathwater is next to impossible. Right. And therefore, when they try to claim that they're denying God, they eventually realize that they can only deny a portion, a very small portion, but if they want to maintain the Western tradition and the Enlightenment tradition, which is pretty much endemic to all the new atheists, they're embracing most of what the Western theistic tradition says. Right. Okay, so to summarize the beginning of this episode number 35, we do not need to fear atheists or atheism. So that leads us to the next part of this episode. Not in its weak, parasitical version in the new atheists. Right. But this other but, form much more virulent. Right, but, but we should fear and be aware of what you call seductive atheism. The seductive atheism of the leftist tradition of Hegel. Okay, and you said because it, it doesn't identify itself as atheism, and it's almost like a wolf. In you sheep's clothing. You say that in the episode. I do, yes, I use that analogy. And you say that the wolf was nurtured and fed, and it has it's grown. And now it's full grown, and where do we see it now? And now we see it all around us in this woke tradition that is, <laughs> I'm just going to say slowly and surely, not slowly and surely, that, that is rapidly us. undermining everything that we've built over the last 250 years since the Enlightenment. Happy. They are systematically taking it apart right. and destroying it. So you see, we're seeing it in the academy, sociopolitics, in culture. Yep. In fact, we started seeing people taking notice of it. Like Jonathan Haidt. Right. And so we we developed a series on No Compromise called The Height Effect. Right. That shows various people on the left becoming aware that their ideology is making serious problems that they need to contend with. Right. But oftentimes they don't quite see the root of the problem, which is why I find it so important to talk about Hegel. Right. 
to point us back and say, wait a second, this is not something that happened in 2011, Jonathan Haidt, or, you know, even in the, even in the sixties, it was long before that when all of these seeds were laid for this in Marxism and in, in Marx's teacher, Hegel. Right. So those were, that would be in episodes 16, 17, and 18 of No Compromise. Yes. Height effect. Okay. So you argue in this first episode of your Hegel series that this was all born in Hegel, and you are a philosopher, and you see the world in that way. Right. I see the world through the lens of philosophy. And when I look at the world around us today, there are two philosophical giants. Right. I was going to say um, you see the world as a war between Kant and Hegel. So can you take a second to explain who Kant is? Yeah. Immanuel Kant was in many ways immediate predecessor to Hegel. Kant was sort of the, the beginning of German idealism. Okay. So what Kant, what, what is his name? Immanuel Kant. Okay. He is one of the most important philosophical people in the Western canon second only perhaps to Plato and Socrates okay. and Aristotle. And what dates? What would his date? So Kant wrote his most important book, The Critique of Pure Reason, and I believe it was 1789. Okay. So can you summarize Kant? Sure. So to explain the title of his The Critique of Pure Reason, think about what a critique is. He's, he's critiquing reason itself. And this is what he means by that. He says in the introduction to that book, it was necessary for me to limit the pretensions of reason to make room for faith. Okay. Could you maybe bring that down a little bit? Sure. Kant essentially believed in the fundamental mystery of creation. That is, he believed in the transcendent, that which was beyond reason's grasp. Okay. That's kind of like the KJV version. Right. Okay, so let's bring it down a little bit more to like the Living Bible version. Go ahead. Okay, so the Living Bible okay. might say something like, Kant made room for God, okay. yes, so that's for the possibility of God. So that's what you're trying to say. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> so. And Hegel took it away. And you are a Kantian. Yes. In my dissertation, I made it clear that I stood with Kant and against Hegel. And I was an atheist at the time. Yeah, I was going to say, you feel Hegel is the enemy, human human enemy. Yeah. I say in this actual episode mm-hmm. that I have a deep and profound respect for Hegel, even though I think he is an enemy. Now, if you could sum up both Kant and Hegel as philosophers, you would say that Kant is the philosopher of? Kant is the philosopher of transcendence. Okay. And Hegel is the philosopher of? Eminence. And can you explain what eminence is? Right. Eminence is, for those of you who are more philosophically inclined, kind of a materialist view of things. That is, that the world around us is all that there is, and there's nothing beyond it. And transcendence? Transcendence is exactly what we talked about before in the living version. There is a God. There's something bigger than the world around us, Mm -hmm. something that this world points to. Okay. So in this episode, you do say that you respect Hegel. Deeply. Yeah. His logic and that you don't blame Hegel himself. You blame those who have used his logic as a tool in our world. I blame those who have bought into Hegel in such a way as to use it to undermine the vision that Kant put forward. So, like, an interesting side note that you mentioned in this episode is that Hegel 
has permeated everything yes. without anyone even knowing him or even reading of him. Right. right? Hegel's influence is pervasive. I mean, it has gotten everywhere. We, You and I talk about this even in the church. Mm-hmm. It drives us crazy because we see it all around us mm-hmm. in everything. And of course, my major exposure is through academia. Yep. And that's where I first started becoming aware of it as I studied Hegel. And it is everywhere. We all think in a Hegelian manner because we have been so profoundly affected by his teachings that we swim as if in the ocean, as if we are fish in the ocean. And we don't even recognize it just seems the natural order of things. So I guess I think you say it that Hegel is known by few and understood by almost no one, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Known by few and understood by almost no one. And what I mean by that is even philosophers to this this day, the only places you can ever find anybody even referring to Hegel are the Marxists. And they have a passing understanding of Hegel, pretty good for most people. But even philosophers today, almost none of them really read Hegel. And those few that do don't understand him and understand him well. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason. Respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.